My wine refrigerator is going haywire. Welcome back. It's been about 30 seconds because we decided to uh, split this pod into two. So we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. It'll probably go up Thursday, maybe Friday. We haven't quite set a day for the second pod. Slash, I don't know how long it'll take me to edit these separately. But we just stepped away. We grabbed some drinks. Y'all know me, Nathan. And of course, our two wonderful other hosts, Nico and Dylan. Hello. Hello, hello. Nico, what you drinking? So um, I've just been uh, like uh, throwing a birthday party and I bought a few of these Cronenberg uh, uh, Blanc. It's like a uh, like wheat beer from France, I think. It's a little citrusy. It's really nice. And did the birthday party recipient get to enjoy any of them? Yeah, you know, normally when you're in Denmark, you always have the Carlsberg, maybe even the Carlsberg Classic, maybe even the Tuborg. But actually, I was placing all the beers in a, you know, I put some ice cubes in a uh, box and then all the beers down in those ice cubes. And the only beers I was uh, refilling was the Cronenberg. So I guess the Cronenberg or Burg or whatever is uh, catching up in Denmark. Now, if I remember correctly, it was a birthday party for your daughter. Mm-hmm. So hopefully she was not having any of the Cronenbergs. Uh, Nah, she was having some uh, nice uh, birthday cake, and uh, other than that, basically just uh, she she was actually just like sleeping for the first like two hours of her <laughs> birthday. So, <laughs> um, and got really confused because she she started sleeping uh, while it was only me and and my wife, and when she woke up, there was like thirty people waiting for her. So that was pretty confusing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so it took her some time to like uh, get in the mood and. Uh, but uh, it was a good birthday, so everyone was happy, and we had some nice food. Well, happy birthday to one of the youngest future Laker fans out there. Thank you for waking Nico up in the middle of the night so he watches more Lakers games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've got another exciting division to talk about, which includes one of the youngest teams in the league. We've got the Oklahoma City Thunder, who will probably be the worst team of the Northwestern division. Guys, how many real NBA players do you think are on the Thunder? How many NBA teams do I think is over Oklahoma City Thunder? Oh. That, that wasn't the question, Nico. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how, how, how many guys are there on this team that could be in a rotation on an actual good team? I want to oh, say okay. like, I want to say four. Uh, you want to say four. Yeah. So you got Derek Favors, right? He can be in a very good team. Yeah. Derek Favors uh, is, is a perfectly fine backup center. Yeah, and you got Shake Ilgus Alexander. I'm yeah. sure he can. He can Sh- a, Shays a stud. Yeah, he can be a secondary or third guy on a very good team. Yeah, uh, you got Lugan Stord. I think yeah. if you put Lugan Stord on, on the Lakers, he's starting. Oh God, I would love me some Dort. Right. I mean, so so that's free. Mike Muscala has been on some good teams. Yeah. But I mean, not not that great. But you know, um, yeah. So I guess that's free. <laughs> Like, depends what you think about Darius Basley, if he's ready to uh, be in a good team. I don't think so. Uh, you also yeah, got, uh, you got a guy who is not really that known to most NBA fans, but Gabriel Dick is actually one of the older guys on the Oklahoma City Thunders team. Potentially, he could be in a good team. Is he well known to you? No, 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 not at all. I mean, as <laughs> when, when he entered the league, I, I was watching a few like highlights of him from, from the EuroLeague and a national team, and he looked pretty damn solid, but... 
didn't really look that good in, in the NBA. So well, FanDuel has them slotted to win 21 and a half games, and I feel pretty confident in the under on that. Really? Under 21. Here's the thing. Someone has to be really bad. Like there's always a team that's really bad. 21 wins is like that's incredible. Uh I guess for for context. Their expected wins over 82 last season was 15.7, so maybe it's not that absurd to go under 21. Now, they did still win 22 last year, so... They were, like, almost 500 through, like, their first... You know, they were, like, hanging around 500 for, like, the first quarter of the season. And then they're like, oh, shit, we're winning too many games. You know, Shea is really good. Like, I don't know if people are really ready to start having the conversation, but I think we need to start thinking about Shea as a top 25 player in the league. Mm -hmm. And that said... I don't think they have another... I mean, I put Baisley in my top 100. You're the only one. There's there's no you, there's no consensus top 100 player on this team except for Shea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they want to give the young guys more time. I, want, I think they want to try to see what they have with Poku, with Giddy, with Teo Maladon. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I was really excited for in the draft process because I thought, man, if he lands on Brooklyn where he can do nothing offensively, and just defend players, he's going to be really good. Well, now he's in Oklahoma where you probably want him to do something other than just play really good defense. I don't I don't know what I expect from him, but I'm kind of leaning on the under. I just don't think I don't think they're going to be good. What is their starting lineup? <laughs> like is that Shea. impossible to answer? <laughs> no, I think it's Shea, Giddy, Lou Dort. They don't really have any centers, so Derek Favors probably just starts. And then the four is a massive question mark. It's either like... I think they go with Poku. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that starting lineup is is, is pretty freaking terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> just going to say. I mean, is there, is there a chance they're starting Theo Maladon as the starting point guard and Shea as the starting shooting guard with just getting just Giddy getting the forward minutes and basically at the power forward? And I have no idea who the center is. Do they play Derek Favors? I think that Shea, Giddy, and Dort are like the only three guys that are locks to start. Yeah, I was thinking that I would start Baisley over Giddy. Yeah, I just don't think there's any point in doing that. You want Giddy to get reps. He's going to absolutely... I love Josh Giddy, but he's going to be like... He's going to be terrible this year. Yeah. Like, he's going to lose you so many games, which for the Thunder, like, he can get reps as an on-ball guy and lose you a lot of games to get you another good draft pick i think that's a win-win so i think he's he's he'll start fun effect he's actually their their second highest paid player i think kenrick williams might be a better player than just giddy this season <laughs> oh yeah Ken- kenrick williams is like he's probably like the fourth or fifth best player on this team like he's a guy that could that's actually an nba player yeah and it's probably not getting that many minutes yeah i mean they they had to like fake an injury for him last year just because like his his minimum level of competence was winning them games mm. i think that this year we're gonna have a really different season than the last year and I think last year with so many players missing time for COVID and health and safety protocols, like the Thunder were relatively unscathed by that. They also just, aside from Shea, if anyone missed times, it was kind of like, who cares? Because just the team is not, you know, all that good. Like you could go from Moses Brown being in the G League to him starting and putting up 20 and 20, and it just didn't change things whatsoever. It was just names on the on the court pretty much. Whereas I think this year with teams not losing guys to health and safety protocol as much, I think they're going to see stiffer competition and yeah. you know and, and therefore be worse than they were last year. So you're under yeah. twenty uh, wins? I am. I, I think there's a fair chance that they might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, I think I think they are. 
you know it's like it's like um the chris vernon principle if i can recall that from the last pod it's like the way to be better than what you deserve to be is just don't play bad players and they're just going to be playing so many bad players yeah even in the starting lineup it's just yeah it's gonna look rough but there's a lot of interesting players on the oklahoma city thunders i think oklahoma city is a team that many like nba fans you know when you watch so much nba that you kind of get tired of watching all the same teams you just start you just start picking up all these strange teams who nobody talks about and i think oklahoma city thunder is like at least interesting to look at yeah yeah like they're at least interesting you know like there are other bad teams in the league like the Cavs and the um you know like the magic who are like man i just don't want to see them but this thunder team is going to be absolutely awful yeah and really interesting like there's no way I'm, I'm i'm watching any cleveland games i'm not gonna tune into any orlando games i'm not gonna bother with washington wizards might not even bother watching detroit even though they got kate but i'm for sure tuning into some oklahoma city thunder games so but hey they're the worst team for sure <laughs> so in the North yeah <laughs> not much of a debate there they're bad Mm-mm. yeah There is a little bit more debate on who's probably the second worst team. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Where, if you had to guess their over-under, where would you guess it at? Uh, Let's say 33. A little bit, maybe like 36. We should just send uh, Nico to Vegas because it's 33 and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Which I was surprised with because I'm a little bit more with uh, Dylan's line of thinking in that they should probably be better. I could see them getting close to 500, if not breaking it. Depending on you know team health, but I think the Cat Edwards Russell trio now being given a little bit of time together has some potential. Yeah, and like they they had a lot of guys missing a lot a lot of time last season. Yeah, which is why they suck. Towns had a lot to deal with recently. You hope that he's going to be sort of back to his best this season, and at at his best, he's like one of the best offensive centers in the league. And then if Russell can play, you know, I'm not that high on D'Angelo Russell, but he's at least a, a starting caliber point guard. And and I think Patrick Beverly's going to help them, you know, give them someone to play against opposing ball handlers. Anthony Edwards is going to be better. You know, but even just like he was pretty good to finish the season, but he was like so bad to start the season. So if you just get like second half Anthony Edwards for two halves of the season, um, that makes you such, such a better team. They got massive question marks at the Ford. Like all of their best players are, it's just Cat and then a bunch of guards. Edwards is probably playing at the three. And like, is Jaden McDaniels a starter? Like, he probably is starting for them. And is, is he going to be ready for that? I like him as a starter. They also got uh, Torian Prince on that team now. I know you're pretty low on Torian's defense, but... I think he's a pretty good shooter and, and he can defend, so... I mean, I'm pretty low on his defense, but if you're comparing it to like Jake Lehman... Yeah, right. I mean, Torian Tar- Prince is basically Robert Covington. Oh, Nico, I'm going to end this call right now. <laughs> I think he's saying in comparison to Jake Lehman, he's, he's basically Robert That's... Covington. No, that was a nice episode. I think he's, I think he's way closer. <laughs> I think he's way closer to Jake Lehman than Robert Covington. But he's, you know, if Jake Lehman is a negative defender. Torian Prince is, you know, right about average. Then that's a that's an improvement. Yeah, they also brought in Ed Davis, who's someone that can kind of be a bigger defender for them yeah. in case Cat's struggling against a, a big man. Nas Reed wasn't that bad last season as well. So yeah, it kind of gives them options. If you want to go more offense, then you can go for Nas Reed. If you want to go more defensive, um, you can try a davis although he, he's looked kind of washed recently so we'll see if he's still got anything yeah. i also i went on a number of rants last season in the uh, power rankings about how the only reason why i'm still watching minnesota is because 
of Jared Vanderbilt. His defense, he's got some long arms. He can get some blocks. I don't think he knows what he's doing half the time when he's on offense. Like, if he has the ball, it's kind of a little bit scary. But I do think he's a really quality defensive player. So I'm kind of hoping that um, that he can bring something. Yeah. Do you think he can make a shot? No, no, not a chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess with Carl Anthony Towns, you can play a you 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 have the option to play a defensive minded forward, as you know, Carl Anthony Towns can actually hit some you know some freeze. I'm to see if Leandro Balmaro is coming over this year. I can't find anything that says he is. Can't find anything on him other than that he looked really good last year's Spanish ACB league. Yeah. I liked him in the draft. You know, as an off the bench scorer with some cutting, some athleticism. I think he could be a lot of fun and to have. I don't know if Minnesota can make the playoffs. Oh, good. Yeah, he is coming in this year. So I don't know. It just it's just another fun piece to have. One one more competent player. Well, we'll see. We'll see about competency, but at least at least a fun, possibly incompetent player. You know, if we're yeah. I remember the Knicks hype around quickly because quickly had uh, a few good scoring months and ended the season fairly average. I think if Balmaro was kind of like that, it would be a great season for him. So just a bench scorer. Yeah. He's actually coming. He, he's actually coming over on a pretty damn good deal. Four year, 11 mil. That's Can't get over year. like how, how bad the Fords on this team are going to be. You know, like it, it just goes to show the, the, different caliber of guys you can get as like the lakers being in la championship contender compared to being a minnesota of a rebuilding team like if you just put ariza and carmelo on this team who like both signed for the minimum like this is a way better team i think you can like talk playoffs if you just put trevor ariza and carmelo who are both you know fairly mediocre players at this stage but this team just has no forwards like Mm. that's that's the big weakness i think i am willing to trade them trevor ariza for Jaden mcdaniels I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, me too. It was a Lakers pick that brought him into this league, so uh, I will take that pick back. <laughs> it's only right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that concerned. I mean, Nathan Knight was also having some glimpses glimpses of hope, but they do have a lot of bad players. Yeah. Where do you guys think they'll finish the season in record-wise? Uh, overall? Yeah. But if the line's 33, I think you go slightly over. If they can get just like decent health from Russell Beasley... If Cats, you know, playing how he should and Patrick Beverly will help them. If just like one of those guys, like one of McDaniels or Vanderbilt, maybe this is the Josh Okogie year or even Prince. If just like one of those guys is a competent NBA player, um, then I think they win in the high 30s. Yeah, I like them for 38 to 40. I think uh, I think sniffing above 500 is possible, depending on health for them and for the rest of the league. You know, if this is a high injury year and you start seeing a lot of teams with injuries and Minnesota stays healthy, they could get, I think they could get above 500. But I think the smart money still says below. Uh, I would say there are currently nine teams beneath Minnesota. Which nine? You mean above? Nah, I mean, so they oh, are the, in the whole league. Yeah, so like that's the 10th right, worst yeah. team. Yeah, I thought you were saying like there are nine teams below them in the West. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? A wall. Yeah. Let's see. Pistons, Cavs, Magic. Oklahoma City, Sacramento? Yeah. I actually didn't even count Sacramento. Just trying to figure out who all you think is below them. <laughs> so I think you're missing out on the Spurs. They're going to be terrible. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I keep trying to not think about how bad the Spurs are going to be because it makes me sad. I think they're actually going to be good. When you Spurs? say good, do you mean like 35 win good or like 30 win good? I think they'll be like right in the range of, of Minnesota, if not better. I think the Spurs are a playing team. Really? Yeah. Spurs? Hmm. Like the ones that play in San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> like is there another Spurs? Yeah, the, like, the, uh, 
thought we were talking about like the Austin Spurs or whatever <laughs> their G League team is. Just just for perspective, FanDuel has the Spurs at a twenty nine and a half win uh, projections. I think that's a good bet. I think you can go over that. I think they're gonna be battling for who's the worst team in in, in the West. Like the, I think right now I have them above Houston and above Oklahoma, but that's it. Yeah, I forgot about Houston too. Yeah. All right. All right. Minnesota might be the ninth, and that's worth seeing. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a, a kind of more middling team. Portland Trail Blazers. They have the longest active playoff streak. They also have the potentially second most disgruntled star behind uh, Ben Simmons, if you consider Ben Simmons a star. Do you feel like Portland did enough to maintain Dame Lillard's services, or is he going to walk slash request trades? No, the question is whether or not the, the team is actually better this season. You know, Dame requested specifically that that he was only staying on this team if they actually made some improvements. Do, do you believe they made some improvements? I mean, you know, Tony Snell never misses a shot. He might only <laughs> take 11 of them, but he doesn't miss them. Yeah. I do love me some Tony Snell. He's uh, the, the triple, uh, triple zeros. I, I love Larry Nash Jr. I really like Norman Powell. I like a lot of the pieces on this team. I just, yeah, you improved guys five and six. I, the problem isn't that they don't have, well, the problem isn't fixed yet. Like, yeah, CJ is you're still your number two. Yeah. And you improved guys five and guys six and guys seven on your roster. I think having another competent big man like Cody Zeller to back up Yusuf Nurkic so you're not relying. Yeah, that's on, a good pickup. Yeah. I actually think Cody Zeller is kind of underrated in terms of, I mean, he's a veteran and he's always been pretty solid on, on, on Charlotte, but he's yeah. always been on I mean, a bad team. So Yeah. I mean, if you give me Cody Zeller for two million or Jared Allen for a hundred million. Yeah, give me Cody. Yep, Cody Zeller I think is, is is good value. You know Nurkic can miss time sometimes. I think he, he's a perfectly fine as a starting center. Yeah. Or giving you backup minutes. I mean that's real good value. I mean getting a starting center for one point seven mil, I, I think he's actually he he he'd be good good enough for for a starting center for for Portland if they can get some other quality player on, on the court. Mm. I think their biggest problem is the forward position. Yeah, and I like Larry Nance Jr. He did a lot for Cleveland's defense, and they were the number one defense throughout the first month of the season last year. And it was him and Drummond, and I don't think any of us find Drummond to be that good of a defensive player. No. So I, I give Nance a ton of that credit. They also fell off as soon as he got injured, so. I think the evidence bears it out. You know, Marquise Chris is fine. Dennis Smith Jr. is a flyer for a backup. Um, you're hoping for more internal development with Simons and Nasir Little. Yeah. But ultimately, if I'm Dame Lillard and this is the roster that's presented to me, I'm still demanding a trade. This is not enough. This is basically the same roster with a few pieces around the edges. Okay, so so if you traded Damien Lillard for LeBron James, who would be the favorite, Portland or or, or the Lakers? Lakers. That's tough. Do, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think Portland is necessarily that bad in terms of their role players. I actually think Portland no. has better role players than, than the Lakers does. You know, do you want Camilla Anthony or Robert Covington? Do you want Wayne Ellington or CJ McCollum? I mean, Portland does have a few spots where they're really solid. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> so, so. I'm taking CJ McCollum so much higher than taking Wayne Ellington. Come on. We just, did top, we just did top 100 and CJ was like in the 40-ish range. And Wayne Ellington was not mentioned. Get out of here. Do, do you want Clay Thompson or, or uh, Ben McLemore? 
<laughs> like, uh, okay, God. I'm stopping now. God. No, I mean, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I would still take LA because of, I think a Lillard Davis combo is going to be a lot of fun. I didn't see Space Jam 2, so I don't know quite how that combo worked out with them on the same team, but I'm pretty sure they were on the same team. Yeah. But I don't think, to be honest, I don't think Portland is that interesting. Uh, I don't think they, they have to roster good enough to be the champions. I, I really hope that. Dame, Dame Lillard is getting traded. Depends on like what the what the goal is, right? If you want to build a championship team and that's that's the bar, you know, Portland's never going to be able to do that. Could this team be the four seed and you know potentially make another conference finals run? Yeah, sure. I think I think I think they'll be better this year than they were last year. Um, one of the teams that was above them last year is the Clippers, who will be worse. So I think you know this could be definitely a top four seed. All right, three team trade: the Blazers send CJ McCollum to Philly. Philly sends Simmons to Indiana, and Indiana sends DeMontis Sabonis to Portland. Blazers' new starting five, Lillard, Norman Powell, got Larry Nance at the three, Sabonis at the four, Nurkic at the five. Are they better? I guess. They they traded, like, the 40th best player for the 70th best player, so of course they're not better. <laughs> but, like, Ben Simmons is, is not getting traded for for, for CD McCollum. Unless uh, Portland is getting like ten first round picks for him, yeah, the opposite way. Like seventy six yeah. they, 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 it seems like seventy six is just really unrealistic in terms of asking price for Ben Simmons. Portland really needs to improve or differentiate their second best player. Because like, what does Dame Lillard do very well? He scores. He lights it up from wherever. And like McCollum, that's that's what McCollum does well. You got two incredibly gifted scoring players, and you can look at in Golden State and say, hey. They have two incredibly gifted scoring players in Clay and Curry when they won, but Clay at least was a really good defender. And they had Draymond, who was a really good switchable defender. Yeah. And I, I think there's just too much overlap in Lillard and CJ and not enough difference or not enough other things. Like Draymond also is a brilliant passer. Portland doesn't really have someone that runs the offense for them. And that's something that all they gets left out a ton. They're like, hey, let's add defensive players. Cool, we run Robert Covington. You know what Robert Covington can't do? Pass the ball. They don't have players who do both things. So you got scorers and you got defenders, and you don't have people that make the team run. Let's wrap on Portland here. They got 44.5. Does that feel good? You want to go higher or you want to go under? I'd go over that. I mean, the, the other thing is like you just expect CJ to play more this year, so they're going to be bitter just based off of that. What did you say to your one to us? 44 and a half. So, so last year they had the point differential of a 46.8 win team. It seems kind of low. To go under, you have to say they're getting worse, but they're getting CJ back. I yeah. think, you know, Larry Nance is an upgrade over Derek Jones. I think his team got better, not worse. So I think you're talking like high 40s. You could say that the whole league also got better. I mean, just because they got CJ back and slightly better, um, there's no reason to think that that alone necessarily pushes them over a lot of teams who may have improved too. You know, everyone's healthy during the offseason. The teams that are, that were that finished above them is like the Nuggets, who will be without Jamal Murray for who knows how long, the Clippers, who don't have Kawhi, the Mavericks, who signed the worst coach in the league, Yeah, and then it's the Blazers. So, like, why couldn't they be, like, the three seed? The Lakers, obviously, will finish below them, and they'll they'll come up. But I think they could be, like, you know, they could be a four seed. So who do you see as, like, certain teams who are going to finish above uh, Portland? I think... So I think uh, Phoenix is definitely going to win more games than Portland. I think Utah is. I think yep. there's a possibility that Denver is going to get like steamrolled this season. Just because you have Michael Porter Jr., who is amazing, but he's also like, is he really 
a second best player and a good team. I don't know. Yeah, they could totally be the third best team. Uh, Legacy is probably also going to finish about them, but it's yeah. more of a question mark. Yeah, I, th I think they're the fourth best team in the conference, and that's like, you know, high 40s, low 50s sort of range. Yeah. I, I would definitely take the Lakers, the Suns, and the Jazz over them, regular season wins record. I'd probably yeah, but... also take Warriors and Nuggets. Um, I could I could see Portland being the four. I think I would put them at the six just in my current rankings. But this is a good transition to Denver, uh, who is going to be starting and playing a good portion of the year without Jamal Murray. Um, I believe they said that he will come back this year, but it's not been fully confirmed as to when. We're still working on an injury timeline. But they were recently in the news for signing uh, Aaron Gordon to a four-year, $92 million extension. Aside from that, it's been a pretty quiet offseason. They lost Paul Millsap, but did bring in Jeff Green. How do you guys feel about Denver's chances of being close to what they were? And how do you feel about Jokic's chances of being a two-time MVP? Good old Jeff Green. He is 35, so that's not an incorrect statement. <laughs> I don't remember who posted this, but I've, I read a, uh, uh, there's like this preseason thingy with who is going to finish as the MVP next season. There's some kind of news outlet. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even include Nikola Jokic in the top 10 of uh, you wow. know coming MVP candidates, which is weird. There's always people underestimating Denver, and especially don't give uh, Nikola Jokic credit for how amazing he is. So I think there's a, definitely a possibility that he could be the MVP next season as well. But also just think, like, uh, is that best point guard Facundo Campasso right now? No, it's um. I mean, it's it's Monte, Monte Morris, Morris. But, but I mean, Campazzo might start, yeah. or like Austin Rivers might start. Oh yeah, got, is, they got you know, they got your boy, Austin Rivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Austin Rivers, but if he's your starting point guard, um, yeah, so they're starting bad players. Yeah, potentially. Well, um, I I did just check in on Murray's injury timetable has not been announced, but he is jumping and running again. So it does seem like he will be back sooner rather than later. That'd be huge if he's like back before all star break. Honestly, from the looks and sounds of it, there's a chance he might be back before New Year's. Damn, that, like that's big. Uh, that that's, that could change my whole perspective of what Denver's going to do this season. You know, he went down in April. So this is usually a six to 12 month injury, depending on the severity of the tear. Six months puts him in October or for a return. If it's more of like the eight, that's that's still December. So yeah, wow, huh. wow. I didn't. I was I was just in my head of thinking like Jamal Murray wasn't back before the playoffs, which could be true if you look at like the the high end of games missed. But yeah, still hard to say. I mean, if he's if he's running and jumping now, like you can't imagine him missing like another like another year after this. No, hmm. he'll, he'll he'll also be rusty when he comes back though. To be fair, like he's not just going to come back from an injury and then immediately go back to being you know who he was when we last saw him. Just in general. Well, the, the concept that he might be back and be playing, so you're limiting how much you're playing these bad players, could be really good. Also, not quite as low on some of their their other wings. Like, I think Monte Morris, for years, has been one of the better backup point guards with a good yeah. assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah, PJ Dozier is really nice. And with how well Jokic moves and facilitates the ball, I think you can get away with having less um, true ball handlers, true point guards on the floor and just saying all right we're gonna we're gonna roll out barton and dozier as our two guards uh alongside yeah. michael porter jr and aaron gordon i still have really high expectations for the nuggets do you think they're going to be a, a top four seed again four or five yeah um depending on golden state but i definitely think 
that as far as win loss totals go, which is not quite how I'd rank championship contenders, I think the Lakers, Suns, and Jazz are are the top three for win loss. And I think that next three team tier is Golden State, Portland, and Denver. And I would argue Denver is number four, but I I wouldn't bet money on it. I think the the biggest problem in Denver that seems like Phoenix don't have is that there's just a huge difference between their starting lineup and their bench guys in in terms of like level of players. They 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 just have really bad bench players. Denver does also have a major hole at backup center. Like if Jokic has to miss some time, they need to play Zeke Naji or Bol Bol. Like those are yeah. the two. Yeah, I mean, you could play Joe Michael Green there a little bit, maybe, maybe a little Jeff Green. That's what I mean. I mean, they they basically have no depth. Yeah, they've got no depth in arguably their best position. But if Jokic misses any time, just chalk up ninety percent of those games as losses. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like Joe Michael Green as like a backup five, but and Jokic doesn't really miss games too. I believe he said last year something about Serbians don't take breaks uh, when they wanted to rest for just. He was like, "No, I'm go- I'm going for this MVP award." But he has been really healthy. 72 games last season, 73 the previous, 80, 75, 73, 80. So. I'm not sure the Serbian national team would agree with that. Well, shots. Like, like basically like quit on them. So They got Boban. How many more big men do they need? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> true. Yeah, they never should try bringing Boban. Boban and Doncic is like a thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't, don't break up that thing, Nate. Listen, it was the Bobby and Toby thing before. It can be the Bobby and Joby thing. Have you seen Bobby with Donches in a Jeep with the top down? Like, that's amazing. I mean, never in person, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, but Bobby just scaling above the front, what's uh, it called? The yeah. windshield. The windshield. Windshield, yeah. All right, so you guys aren't as high on Denver for in this case. No. What about Utah? As the projected favorites of the Northwestern Division, also last year's number one seed, is this another season of fool's gold for them? Or are they actually a championship contender for real? Well, I mean, they're definitely not in like that top tier of, of championship contenders. You know, they're maybe in like tier two or tier three, where it's like if you get the right right matchups and the right, maybe some injury luck that you can get through. But I mean, if we're talking regular season, then like it's hard to say that they've gotten much worse and they were easily the best regular season team last year. So. I like them even better in the playoffs this year. Rudy Gay is not moving any major needles, but in all of the craziness and injuries last season, I feel like we really forget about how banged up Utah was. Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley were both missing time. Yeah, They were kind of relying on Joe Ingles to run their offense for large stretches of games, and that is not a position that uh, you necessarily want him in. It's easy to say, hey, you guys got swept by a Kawhi-less clippers like utah had a 2-0 lead and then Kawhi get got hurt but it was also kind of just a really poor matchup and utah had their own injuries that we kind of we forget about so i like them in the championship conversation and i wouldn't mind putting some money on them actually do you think they're like a like a tier one championship contender like you think this is this is going to be a team in the western conference finals you know what now that i think about it i kind of like that as well fanduel's odds you got the Nets at plus 210. You got the Lakers at plus 440. Bucks at plus 850. Golden State at plus 1200. Oh, Utah at plus 15. Like, hey, if I could put $100 down and win 1500 on Utah, that feels like a good value bet. Yeah, I guess. I mean, when they're healthy, they're definitely one of the 
best teams in the league. Um, and 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 it did improve their roster. I think getting another like big forward type guy who can s- score some uh, points in Rudy Gay is going to be pretty big for them. Did see a lot of times in in the last season where Joe Ingles and Bojan Bogdanovic was playing bigger roles than they were supposed to be playing so it's nice with another offensive uh, minded forward and i think jordan clarkson was playing a little bit above his uh, pay grade last season i think it's going to be great to see him kind of take a step back (laughs) i guess i think he's more efficient that way yeah i actually i I wouldn't mind uh laying down a hundred bucks on on getting utah in the finals like i mean if you just tell me hey it's a one in 15 chance of them making it and that's all i need to hit on to, to get my money back like i mean i like it yeah it's not that bad i mean even eric pascal i mean he was pretty damn solid in golden state they got him for a minimum deal he could be he could be solid for them and he gives them a switchable lineup of yeah. where you know okay a team goes five out on them yeah you put in pascal you put in rudy gay uh yeah. you switch things yeah yeah I like Eric Pascal as like a like a backup five. That's actually a dimension that they didn't have last last season. They kind of had to, yeah. You know, Rudy, Rudy Gobert at all times. I think that's sort of what they've gone for by bringing in Rudy Gay and and Pascal to a lesser extent. Is now like they do have guys that can play small ball five. Like they just straight up had no one. It was like yeah. Gobert favors can maybe try Bojan at at five, but you know he didn't play basically anything there. Nah. Now they do actually have some options. They can go a bit smaller, go a bit quicker maybe try to juice the offense a little bit more with with Rudy Gay or with Pascal. So I think they've gone a little bit better. They also, in one of the most underrated moves, signed one of my favorite undrafted players. He's going to make a big impact. Please don't say Hassan Whiteside. No, 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 no. Oh, they did sign him too. (laughs) I meant from this this past draft. um, Derek Alston Jr., I was beating the drum that he needs to be taken in the second round because he's this... Like six foot nine, 190 pounds, skinny, skinny point guard turned power forward with like some bounce, some shooting, some playmaking, some cutting. That is the coach of the Westchester Knicks. So he's got this like really good basketball IQ. It just seemed like his body wasn't there. And then he had this like random late growth spurt and he's still trying to figure out what to do with his limbs sometimes. But if you, I I just, I'm just going to say it. If he's getting rotation minutes by the end of the season, I won't be surprised because I think he has a lot of good skills. Like it. Just another, I guess, potential um aspect of 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 a theory that they don't necessarily have. But I mean this is a deep team too. What's what's their um what's their over under, Nate? I'm guessing forty eight. Forty eight. But I'd I'd say that locked in for a forty nine, fifty wins at least. For context, last season they, they had the expected wins over eighty two of a sixty five point seven win team. So Nate, oh. is it somewhere in the sixty five win range? It is fifty three and a half. Okay. So, so I, I was way low. <laughs> yeah, so Vegas thinks this team that we all agree got better is gonna win twelve fewer games. Doesn't that just seem like the easiest over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely the easiest. Uh, over we've had you know what's crazy is they're actually giving they're giving points to the under for at this point so if you bet ten dollars on the over you win ten dollars and 40 cents if you bet ten dollars on the under you only win seven dollars and 81 cents so nice it's uh that's that's a good bit seriously like i i can't see them winning on the what did you say 53 53 and a half so 54 to win the bet uh which seems crazy low yeah I mean, that gotta be they gotta be a sixty-win team. I mean, like yep. the one thing they are really, really missing is a bench playmaker. 
because if Conley goes out, then you're relying on Joe Ingles to be your, you know, ball handler, uh, distributor. Yeah. But that's true. Yeah, I guess you'd like them to have like one more guard. But I mean, here's the thing: point guards are a dime a dozen. Yeah, like like it shouldn't be hard to find a point guard. Um, I mean, Austin Rivers was sitting on the free agent market for like a month and a half if during maybe, the season because no one was interested. Maybe they can sign Matthew Delavadova. Delly, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, Nate, is your? Did you, I'm assuming you took your house off off the market. Yes. My house is no longer on the market after yep. finding out the house we were purchasing had false foundation walls hiding the real foundation walls. So uh, that was a, a fun time. All right, Nate, I'll, I'll give you some brilliant advice. Put your house back on the market and instead of buying a new house, just bet all of that money on Utah's over. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, the sad part is, is like the over bet doesn't even pay out all that much. Apparently the max bet for FanDuel is 2000 something dollars okay. i was just trying to see how much i could win i guess you can sell your car and then <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. something like that <laughs> was it was that your podcast nate that you did a while ago where it was like trust this guy with my house trust this or team with my car okay i don't trust them that much but i like trust them with my playstation was that no. your podcast that you did <laughs> no absolutely not i'm a nintendo man ah. i'm a switch Got my N64. I'll use a PlayStation. <laughs> All right. I don't. I'm not sure. I trust them in the playoffs with my house or my car, but I definitely trust no, no, them. No, in the no, but, but, but to win 53 games. Yeah. No, that feels yep. like one of the easiest bets that we've looked at. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Like a 40 percent return? It's um no. It's you get your money back. Well, you get to, it's basically even odds. Basically dead even. So what? What's like the return if you like bid 100 bucks? Uh, you get a hundred dollar or 104 dollars. $104. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. But if you bet the under, you would only get 78 bucks. So it's uh, it's pretty close to the break-even point. I was just surprised that the money was more even on the under than the over. Yeah. Like, for reference, the Lakers, if you bet 100 you get $90 either way. Hmm. It's like some of these, the money lines have shifted, and it seems like Utah people are smashing the under. So you're saying $104, like, in addition to making your money back? Yeah. So it's yeah, like so over over a hundred percent return. Yeah, you'd keep your money and get an extra four dollars. Right. Yeah. You so bet if, if you if you bet your house, then you could like buy a house that's twice as good Basically. or two houses. I, yeah, I could go for two houses. You could you could get a house in Utah <laughs> and not get a house in house. Utah. You know, this is gonna be a real test to see if one of my best friends follows me here on this. But uh, his wife was trying to plan a surprise thirtieth birthday for him, and mm. uh, she planned oh, a trip to exposing. Salt Lake City. Oh yeah. No, there's no chance he listens. Okay. My friends don't love me. <laughs> sure, I just went to Nashville for his birthday and uh, Denver for his bachelor party as the best man and officiant, but he doesn't care about basketball. There's no chance Devin's listening. So his wife tried to plan a trip to Utah for his 30th. Hmm. And I was like, man, I just don't want to go to Utah. What do you do in Utah? Like ski? It'd be good skiing, uh, right? There's there's like a fantasy, um, like a medieval timesy park there that she's like really excited to take him to. And there's also great like why um you know parks a lot of national parks a lot of great um nature right but we're going in november and i'm like i don't want to go walk around a national park in the middle of november it's gonna be cold it's like there'll be snow yeah uh she pivoted to orlando so i'm I'm pretty excited about this yeah also the magic play the pacers that week so that sounds like an incredibly boring game but but still Right? Yeah, it's just still the, way. Game. It's, the <laughs> it's the game that's going on when I'm in uh, Orlando, and I would have no qualms cheering for the home team. So yep. 
You can see Jonathan Isaac in person. Yeah. Get to see my boy Sabonis. Getting clamped by Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. All right. Is, is that is that the full division, that? I believe it is. Do any of you have any closing thoughts on the Northwest Division? Only once, going twice. So take us away, Nate. This has been another episode of Hoops Temple Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you like the fact that we split these into two little ones. It's easier on the editor and uh, hopefully easier on the listener. Thanks for uh, listening. Bye bye. See you guys. See you later.